0: Hello, and welcome to Into His Marvelous Light, the podcast where we focus on how to grow closer to God through examination of scripture and application of his word. I'm your host, Darnese Tolton. Hello, and welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining me today on the second episode of Into His Marvelous Light. We are going to dig into the word today. You all are in for a treat And to get things started, to kick it off, I pose this question to you. Have you ever purchased something from the store that needed to be put together? So then you take it home and decided to put it together without looking at the instructions. Then once you're done, you're somehow shocked that there's extra parts, but your finished project doesn't look quite right. It seems to be off-centered, it's wobbling, it doesn't look anything like the image on the box. So then you think to yourself, hmm, I wonder how much better this would have gone if I would have just followed the instructions. In today's episode, we will see the importance of receiving instruction, guidance, or important information and applying it to our lives. We'll begin with reading of the scripture, which will be in Matthew 13 verses 3 through 8. Our reading is as follows. And he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, the sower went out to sow, And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. Others fell on the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Today's discussion will be based around the parable of the sower. This story illustrates the different ways people respond when they hear the word of God. So let's first establish and understand a few things from our opening scripture. What is a parable? Jesus speaks in parables. Well, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Well, why did Jesus speak in parables? Well, it was his way of teaching so that those listening would be able to make sense of what he was saying. He was speaking in a way that is relatable to us. As we read in Matthew thirteen three, Jesus spoke in parables. We can also find this true in other scripture. Later in Matthew 13, verse 34, it says, All these things Jesus spoke to the crowds in parables, and he did not speak to them without a parable. The Gospel of Mark also confirms this. In Mark chapter 4, verse 34, it says, And he did not speak to them without a parable. That's how Jesus spoke. We are natural-born storytellers and hearers. God has created us and has given us the capacity for us to sympathize and even begin to imagine the storyteller's point of view. These parables are meant for one to receive clarity and have revelation. Now we're going to go on a bit of a ride our opening scripture reading mentioned a sower. Well, what is a sower? A sower is a person who plants seed, but this is not just limited to the physical manner, such as a farmer, but this can also be applied spiritually as well. So if a sower is a person who plants seed and it's not just a farmer, well, then who else could be a sower? Well, a sower could be a parent, a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, The one who witnesses someone who shares the gospel, that's a sower. A sower is not limited to one group of people or a type of person. It's anyone who shares the truth, which is the word of God. So having in mind the understanding of a sower, then what does the seed and soil represent? Well, the seed represents the word of God. And our heart is the soil. God's word, the seed is planted into our hearts being the soil. Now that we've gained understanding and have established the meaning of a parable and sowers and seeds, let's look at the different types of soil that those seeds can fall upon. There were four different types of soil that were described in our opening reading. Soil that is beside the road, rocky, thorny, and good. Let's dive into each of them, beginning with beside the road. The first soil mentioned beside the road was mentioned In verse 4 of chapter 13, which says, And as he sowed, some seeds fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate them up. So in the scripture, seeds were first sown. Then they fell beside the road, or in other words, they fell on shallow soil. Then which the birds came and ate them up. Well, from a physical perspective, we know that the birds feed on seed as their nutrition. It's the best source of high energy for birds. So when a bird has the opportunity to eat seeds, they will swoop down and eat them, just as we read in scripture. Now, birds are not careless, but in fact, they will take advantage of every opportunity that they have to eat to ensure that they have food. They even go as far as storing seeds to eat at a later time in case food becomes scarce. Now, if we look at this, but from a spiritual perspective, Jesus gives us the heavenly meaning of the seeds that fall on the side of the road, which we can find in Matthew 13, 19. It says, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is the one on whom the seed was sown beside the road. So. The shallow soil or on the side of the road is like people who allow the evil one, which is Satan, to immediately take away the word that has been planted into their hearts. Well, what does that look like? There may be people who go to church, but they go home without really hearing any of the message. Or maybe it's someone who reads the word and does not allow it to impact them. It's those who are careless hearers to the word of God. Careless hearers are an easy prey to Satan. The enemy wants to do nothing more than to rob you of the word of God. You see, those who do not take care of God's word will be robbed of it. God's word is sacred, his word is truth, and we must treat it as such. Let's review some of the scriptural evidence that shows us this. First Peter eight. it says, "'Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. "'Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Well, hmm, doesn't that sound familiar? It sounds like the bird that came down to eat the seeds in our scripture reading. Let's look at John 10, 10. It says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. See, the enemy doesn't come to bring us joy or to restore us. No, he has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He is the ultimate opportunist and will pounce upon any opportunity that is given to him. So now that we have covered and have talked through that soil that is on the side of the road or that shallow soil, we will now dig into the second type of soil that was mentioned in our opening reading, which was the Rocky soil, and this was described in verses 5 and 6. It says, Others fell on the rocky places, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, because they had no depth of soil. But when the sun had risen, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. So in these verses, we can see that after the seed fell upon rocky soil, there was immediate growth. The immediate growth was not because the weather was just so lovely and perfect. No, verse 5 says that it was the lack of depth in the soil. Now, from a physical perspective, if you planted a seed one-half inch deep in soil, it wouldn't take much time before you would be able to see it spring up. It would be seen immediately because there's not much soil there. But if you planted a seed six inches deep in soil, it would take much longer before you're able to see that growth because there's more soil that it needed to grow through. Now, if we look at verse 6, we see that the sun rose and they were scorched. Well, why were they scorched? Because they had no root. And what happened because they had no root? The sun withered them away. There's something important to note here regarding the rocky soil. Rocky soil is not soil at its most natural form. Rocky soil is soil that has been contaminated. There's materials and substances within the soil that were not designed to be there. Because of that, it altered, it affected, it impacted the growth of the seed. Now, looking at this, but in the spiritual perspective, Jesus, he gives us the heavenly meaning of the seeds that fall on rocky soil. And that is found in Matthew 13, verses 20 through 21. Jesus said, The one on whom seed was sown on the rocky places, this is the man who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no firm root in himself, but is only temporary. And when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. So now what does that look like? It's those who are glad to hear a good sermon and receive it with joy. They are told of the gift of salvation along with all that we can have and experience in the kingdom. They can be told of the goodness of heaven, but without any change of heart or any feeling of conviction, they dismiss it. Their roots were not firmly planted and were only temporary. They consider it unimportant and choose to turn elsewhere When some heavy trial threatens them or they seem to have some sort of sinful advantage in front of them, they give up and they fall away. Now, moving on to the third soil that was mentioned in the passage, it's thorny soil. And that was in chapter 13, verse 7, which said, Others fell among the thorns, and the thorns came up and choked them out. So here the seed fell among thorns, and it was the thorns that choke them out. Now, if we look at this in the physical, one could think about it this way. Plants have thorns. The thorns are there to deter animals or anything else from eating the plant. So in essence, the thorns are used as a defense mechanism to protect what's near it. The same is true for verse seven. We see that it was the thorns that came up and protected what was near it. Therefore, it choked out the seed. If we think about life, we could compare our worldly cares to thorns. Worldly cares can greatly hinder our profiting by the word of God. If we are not careful, we can be easily deceived and swayed by the riches and materialistic things of the world. Now, looking at this, but in the spiritual perspective, Jesus gives us the heavenly meaning of the seeds that fall on thorny soil, which is found in verse 22 which says, and the one whom seed was sown among the thorns, this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. So what does this represent? What does this mean? Well, the thorny soil represents people who try to follow God's word at first, but then they let the cares, riches, and Things of the world choke out God's word, which prevent the seed from bearing any fruit. They do not serve God with all of their hearts. It's those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. So there's no fruit. Now, moving on to the last soil that was mentioned in this parable. That is the good soil. Let's see what the word says about the good soil in Matthew 13:8. It says, and others fell on the good soil and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some 60, and some 30. Boom, there it is. Good soil yields crop. Not only does it yield a crop, but it does so at thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. From the physical perspective, good soil means that the soil was not beaten, it wasn't trampled by the feet of men and wandering animals, but instead it was cultivated and tilled just right. It was soil in its purest form, not being tainted or contaminated in any way. From the spiritual perspective, Jesus gives us the heavenly meaning of the seeds that fall on good soil, which we can find in verse 23 and the one on whom seed was sown on the good soil. This is the man who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and brings forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. Hearts that are of good soil are those who hear God's word, receives it, and then produce abundant fruit. Jesus said in Mark 4.20, And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and a hundred. What distinguished the good soil from all the others was its fruitfulness. Matthew 7.16 says, You will know them by their fruits. We should aim at the highest to bring forth most fruit. The sense of hearing cannot be better used than in hearing God's word. And let us not forget to examine ourselves that we may see what sort of hearers we are. So what can you do to ensure that the word of God falls on good soil? The answer is application. We must apply God's word to our lives. It's living by the word of God. So then what is the point of this parable? Why did Jesus speak of this parable? The point of this parable, it shows us that it is the condition of the heart and its openness to receive and respond to God's word that will determine the word's effectiveness in a person's life. In this parable, our hearts are the soil and God's word is the seed. Jesus was telling us how important it is for our hearts to be like the good soil, ready to receive God's word. Just as the farmer enjoys the fruit from the garden after the seed has been planted in good soil, we will have the fruit of joy, peace, happiness, and love in our lives to share with others if we listen to and obey God's word. I'm going to leave you with five things, five things that you can do so that God's word can fall upon good soil. One, we must have faith. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. We must live based on what the word of God teaches us instead of on what we can see. Walking by faith means that we trust that God is telling the truth. Hebrews eleven six 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. To please God, we must operate by faith. Even if that means going against the accepted norms in society, you must believe and have expectation that God responds when you seek to please him. Number two, obedience to God's word and keeping his commandments. John fourteen fifteen says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus shows us here that obedience is the proof of love. And if we love him, we will keep his commandments. Now let's look at John fourteen twenty one. It says, he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and will disclose myself to him. Jesus promises to reveal more of himself to us when we are connected to him in love. Loving him, being obedient to him, and keeping his commandments is something that we must do. Number three, surrender and submit yourself to God. Isaiah 55, 8-9 through nine says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God confirmed that His ways are higher. If we follow our own ways, it will never lead us to where God wants to take us. When we put God's word into action and surrender to Him fully, We're acknowledging that he has greater power than us, and he has our best interests at heart. Moving on to number four, seek God first. You must seek God first. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All of these things will be added to you. So how do you know that you're putting God first? Well, I'll ask you this question. When you need guidance, who do you go to first? We can't put God on the back burner and only turn to him when all else fails. That's not seeking his kingdom first. Seeking him first is going to God in everything that we do. It can be, Lord, I'm beginning to look at colleges and I'm not sure which one to go to. Or it can be, I'm struggling to put some things down in my life that are keeping me from you. It's keeping me from growing closer to you. Can you help me? It can be, Lord, help me to trust you and have faith in you. Help my unbelief. We can go to God with anything, and that's what he wants us to do. And number five, we must follow his plan of salvation. John chapter three, verse five says, Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water, and of the spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus is speaking here and he says that no one is able to enter into the kingdom of God, which is heaven, unless they are born of the water and of the spirit. So then what do I need to do? Well, we find the answer in Acts 2, 38. That says, and Peter said unto them, repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This is the salvation plan that Jesus has laid out for us. It is not his desire that any of us would perish. He wants us to all have everlasting life. So let's close out in prayer. Lord God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that we have your word that we can live by. We thank you, God, for the parables that you speak to us. Those earthly stories, God, with a heavenly meaning that we are able to understand what it is that you are trying to convey to us. Thank you, Lord God, for laying out and showing us the different types of soil, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would all have good soil. Let your word, the seed, fall upon good soil in our hearts. God, that it would produce abundant fruit. Lord Jesus, I pray, Lord God, that we would be able to see the consequences, Lord God, of the seeds that are planted on anything other than good soil. God, let it not be rocky soil or thorny soil or soil by the wayside, Lord God, but let it be good soil that your word falls upon. Lord God, I pray over every listener of this episode, Lord God. I pray that this word has blessed them, that your word has touched them, Lord God, that they have grown in understanding, Lord God, and in their walk with you. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us all to have faith. Let their faith increase in you, Lord God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that they would be obedient to your word and keeping your commandments, God. I pray, God, that there would be a surrendering and submitting all of themselves to you, Lord Jesus. I pray that they would seek you and your kingdom first, God, that we know that you have promised to provide everything else that we need that would be added on to us, Lord God, that we are not meant to worry about those things or try to handle them ourselves. But God, when we seek you first, you provide all of that for us, Lord God. And I pray, God, that we would all follow your plan of salvation, the plan that you have laid out for us, Lord God, that we are able to be saved, that we are able to obtain everlasting life. Lord God, bless every listener. Lord God, touch them, Lord God, and meet them where they are. I thank you, Lord Jesus. And in your powerful name, in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you all for listening in today. You all have an awesome rest of your day. And stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.